Before we get going with today's podcast, I just want to jump on here for a second and personally invite you to a one-off brand new masterclass that I am hosting on Thursday the 16th of May. How to scale your online business to six figures and beyond. So if you are a course creator, a membership owner or a coach, then this is for you. I'm sharing with you my most effective strategies to become the go-to person in your industry and grow your online business. I will cover how to build your audience, how to craft an irresistible offer and how to master your launch strategy so that you will know the most effective way to grow your audience and build your email list fast, know how to craft an offer that your audience will love and create a launch that fits with you and enables you to sell with ease. And why should you come and listen to me? Well, I started doing this almost 10 years ago and the very first client I worked with back in 2016, I helped him launch his very first membership. He had a done for you product and a one-to-one product and we created a membership. In his first launch, he got 130 members, bringing him in about 60,000 in income every year. Now, He has built a suite of online products that is bringing him in way over six figures every single year. This is going to be an awesome masterclass. You're going to get so much good stuff to take away with you to be able to use in your business. So to grab your free place, go to TeresaHeathWearing.com forward slash masterclass and I will see you there. You are listening to the Marketing That Converts podcast episode 98. You are listening to the Marketing That Converts podcast and I'm your host, Teresa Heathwaring. If you're a marketer, business owner or entrepreneur that is frustrated and overwhelmed with all the constant changes in digital marketing and social media, then you, my friend, are in the right place. Each week, I share with you easy, insightful and actionable steps that you can use to grow your business. So let's get started. Hello and welcome to 2020. This is my first official podcast of the new year and the new decade and I am super excited about it. I have to say I always love a new year. I love that thought of a fresh start, tidying my desk, starting things afresh, writing a new notebook, so sad, starting my new planner, making goals and As you know, if you've been listening to the podcast, I did some work a few weeks ago about setting new goals for this coming year. And I've spent quite a bit of time doing that and I've now done it and I am all up and ready for the new year. So I'm super, super excited about it. What about you? Have you done your plans? Are you ready? Do you feel positive? I hope so. If not, come and find me. Come and give me a DM. Let me know what's up. Let me know what I can help you with because As you know, I always want to make sure that I produce content and create podcast episodes that really help you with your business. And today's is no exception. So today I am really, really excited to welcome the lovely Victoria Fleming to the podcast. She is a sales expert. Now we all hate that word. None of us like to sell really, I think if we're honest. We also don't like necessarily talking about money. And also if you sell a service that is your head effectively, that can be really tricky because sometimes it just doesn't feel like that is as easy to understand your pricing as maybe a product because you can easily work out a product pricing based on what does it cost to get in, what does it cost to deliver, et cetera, et cetera. Anyway, 
So I've actually been at a few events with Victoria. We've spoken on the same stage and she's a very engaging, great sales coach. And I just wanted to bring her on and talk a bit about how we can get over this horrible feeling of selling. How can we actually do it in a way that isn't yucky and doesn't feel gross and that we're not comfortable with. And that's exactly what we talk about today. So I really hope this is going to be a really good one for you to start with, because ultimately this is what everybody needs. Everyone needs to sell their product and service. So unfortunately, whether we like it or not, we are going to have to do a bit of that. So I'm really hoping that Victoria can show you the way in this episode. So I'm not going to go on any longer. I'm going to hand you straight over to Victoria. Okay, I am very excited for today's podcast episode with the super lovely Victoria Fleming. Victoria, how are you doing? I'm doing great. I'm so excited and I'm even more excited that to see you on screen because what the, what the listeners don't know is we can see each other. Yes, always. And do you know, I always do my interviews so I can see them. Sometimes because of quality and things, you have to turn the cameras off, but I much prefer it because it's easier because you know what someone's going to say. You know when they're about to speak, you can read their face and stuff. So yeah, I love it. So all the interviews I've ever done, pretty much most of them have been on camera. So I've got all these videos and I don't put them out because they're not part of the podcast. But yeah, I love being on screen and I love seeing people. And I just have to say, the day we're recording this, obviously this is going to come out in quite a few weeks time. It's Halloween and Victoria is sat wearing these amazing flashing like cat ears. She's got a spider brooch on and she's held up some, what are they, Victoria? They're, they're like, like skeleton gloves. Skeleton they're, gloves. They're amazing. I mean, you've set the bar now. I feel like every time <laughs> someone comes on and I am going to have to screenshot this, which I will do, and I will put it in the uh, show notes so that people can see how you're dressed. It's so funny. I love it. Every, I love it. every day should be Halloween, shouldn't it? Dressing up, why not? Do you know what? Having just come back from the States, because they love Halloween and boy, do they do it well. And our friends live over there. I've got to quickly tell you this as we digress. Uh, Our friends live over there and we stay with them in LA and they have no children. They're very grown up. They have a very nice life. And they would find anything like that. They're British. So the fact they live in the States, I think they probably find that a little bit tacky. That's what they would think. <laughs> anyway, my husband and I have often joked if we had the money, because we stay at that house and they go off to work, we'd like, wouldn't it be amazing if we had the money and we could buy all these decorations <laughs> and they come back and we have covered their house in Halloween everything. So when I've got loads of money and time, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to go I'm over there. We're going to do that. And they're just <laughs> like, what the hell have you done to my house? It's going to be hilarious. Anyway, Victoria, in case my audience don't know who you are, let's kick off, as always, with you telling us how you got to be doing what you're doing now. So um, I'm super lucky. I get to work with businesses now on how to sell more, which I think is a dirty word for some people. But I love helping people sell more because I think if you sell more, you can um, have a more fulfilled life. Um, and what's got me there is that I had like 15 years in corporate. I think like like so many of us, you know, you start in corporate. Yeah. And actually, I think you learn heaps like that because you get to move around, you get to work with different people, you get to meet different people. And um, I was really lucky because uh, I had 10 years with a technology company. And in that company, the last three years was actually working with individual businesses who were selling the software, so with resellers. Oh, okay. 
so what was brilliant was actually even at a corporate point in my career, I was working with businesses on how to be more effective with their sales and how to have more fun with them because, you know, selling should be fun. Um, Then I went into construction, did the same thing, construction software, right through the recession, you know, I was a bright spark. I thought this is a great move to make. (laughs) (laughs) I literally, I went into that business and like construction fell off a cliff. So that was really tough because you were going out Talking to businesses going through really, really tough times. Like, you know, they didn't have business themselves. And again, that was a fabulous uh, industry to work in and come through the uh, recession with that. And then I've been out on my own for nearly six years now because essentially I just got to the point where I thought, you know what, all I want to do is help people to sell. I want to help people address that challenge and be able to do that with loads of different businesses now, it's it's pretty much a dream job, actually. I know, I know some people yeah. are just like, really, why would you want to do that? <laughs> but I, I really love it. And I get really excited when people I've worked with are excited about selling. You know, I like it when yeah. I get the messages going, I had a conversation that went great. Or, and, you know, business comes back to me and they say, you know, the team was so excited. We went back, we changed what we're doing. And this has been the result. And like, I just love that. I love that, like instant success. You know, it's like tick, yeah. success junkie. Yeah. And it, do you know what? It's so funny because you and I are both in jobs where we have to practice what we preach. Because if I'm no good at marketing and you're no good at selling, then ha- we've got to make our own business successful. Because if we can't do it for ourselves, we sure as hell won't be able to do it for anybody else, will we? <laughs> but sometimes it's actually really hard. Like I find you give me someone else's business and my brain goes, oh yeah, I know how to do this. And I literally go, here's an idea, here's an idea, here's an idea. I sit there on my own and I'm like, uh, 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 what do I do? So do you find that the same with you? Are you much easier telling someone else how to sell than necessarily do it yourself? It's really interesting. When I first set up, when I very, very first went and sort of went, yeah, I'm going to have this business. I did that thing I think we all do, which is you go and you find some friends, don't you? So you go and find yeah. some networking groups. And um, I don't know, it was a disaster. It was just a disaster. I I was just like, what? Why am I having such a challenge with this? Yeah. And in the first couple of months, I really, really struggled because it's that little old me factor. I think Mm -hmm. we all have little old me syndrome. And I think that we go, oh, yeah, but nobody's actually going to want me because I'm a bit rubbish, really, aren't I? Really, because it's me. And I think we all have that little thing inside us. And it took me a little while to actually think, what are you talking about? You're not about little old you. You are about your 15 years experience where you've delivered multi-million pound results, where you have built and established teams, where you've made people so excited to sell that they have gone on to do amazing things in their lives and their careers. Yeah. You're not selling little old me. You're selling that. That is your package. All that experience, all those results that's what you're selling and it was almost it was quite interesting it was almost like a switch flicked for me because up yeah. to that point I'd always sold other people other things other products other services mm. all of a sudden I think you're right it then becomes you yeah and it's personal because you think well what if someone says no yeah and actually you can feel like I think somebody's saying no to you like to you personally, and it's mm-hmm. it's like you know if you go and ask a boy out on a date and he says no, it's like 
Yeah, it's a wounder. Like literally, it's like straight in the pit of my stomach. Oh my God, what's wrong with me? And you're entirely right. I think that's the interesting thing. Because again, I had always marketed businesses, other businesses. I wasn't the business. And it was easy to do because I could see what they were brilliant at. And I could get excited about that. And I could be like, you're amazing at this. Tell everybody. And I could come from a point of view of it's not me, it's someone else. And therefore it's easy for you to really see and praise that other person. Trying to do that for yourself is inherently not what we do. We don't sit and go, man, I'm awesome. <laughs> like, jeez, I'm good at this. And then feel like you can say, get on an Insta story, do you know how good I am? Like, we don't do that because one, we're not very good at it. And I think maybe there's a British element in that as well. Obviously, as we would just talking about back yeah. in the States and I do a lot of stuff in the States and I do think they're better than we are at that. But like you said, with our worlds, because we come from corporate and other businesses, we've done it for everybody else and doing it for yourself suddenly is then very like, oh, this is not feeling great. Like, how do I do this where I don't feel like I'm literally saying, man, I'm amazing by my stuff, you know? Yeah. But I think, and I, I mean, one of the things that I quite often do with people now is um, I'm really keen. I think it's really helpful in service businesses to productize, to actually right. put together um, your services into like almost a product, like into a box and say, look, this is what I do. This is how I do it. Would yeah. you like to buy it? Because I think that it makes it easier for us to talk about. I think it also gives us a little bit of a degree of separation as well. I do in my workshops, actually. We make gift bags. So do you right. want to know how to make a gift bag, Teresa? Because this is like, go on. you've got to do this, right? So what you have to do is you have to go to the shop and like the gift bag shop. You have to buy like, the best gift bag in the world. Like for me, mine's like this sparkly. It's got like, you know, holographic Lovely. things. Buy a really good one though that you're really excited about. And then what you need to do is you need to start, I think this is what I'm selling. I'm selling this bag. So every time you get a nice tweet, print it out, cut it out, put it in the bag. Every time you get a thank you card, put it in the bag. Every time you're thinking, I did a great job with that client, write it down, put it in the bag. Every testimonial, put it in the bag. Because actually that's what you're selling. I've even got my professional institute certificate in the bag because that's part of, you know, that's what I'm selling. I'm selling this bag full of amazingness. And I think that that's really helpful. It's really interesting. I was at an event and somebody who'd been on my workshop, they went, I've got to show you, I've got to show you. And they went in their handbag and they pulled out this no. really battered bag, like all split down, and all overflown with stuff. I take it everywhere. That's <laughs> I was like, amazing. Why shouldn't you? You know, this is what you're selling. This is how amazing you are. But I think that by default, we just dismiss that and move on. Yeah. And we do. We're not very good at that. Because when I think about, when someone has said something to you not nice or someone has commented or said no to your service or whatever, we hang on to that like for ages or we can do. And it's something that I think the more you do it, the more you work on letting go of it and going, that's not about me or that's, you know, I shouldn't need to to hold on to that. But like you said, people say lovely things. And even in our responses, we dismiss it straight away. So we're like, oh, thanks so much. Move on. You don't even want to like have a conversation about it because you don't know how to respond. But funnily enough, I do have a folder on my computer. I now am going to buy a really beautiful bag to put it in. And I and it's called <laughs> Teresa Love, which sounds Yay! a little bit egotistical. But it's like every time someone does 
you know, an amazing tweet or says thank you or sends me a DM or anything, it all goes in there. Because like you said, sometimes on those days where you're like, man, I'm rubbish, man, what am I doing? How, who do I think I am? I can't help people. This is going wrong. This is doing this. You need to go back and remind yourself as well as, which I think is a great idea, the fact that you're looking and going, look, this is what I'm selling. I'm not selling me. I'm selling all these amazing things I've done. Um, but also to go back and go, I, I am all right. Like I am pretty good at this stuff. So maybe. So let's start off by talking about, we need to address why do people hate selling? Like I remember seeing you at Andrew and Pete's Atomicon. I think that's why we, no, I think we'd met previously just briefly at an event of theirs. And then we both spoke at Atomicon this year and you sort of said, you know, who here loves selling? And I, you must do it on every talk or that's <laughs> definitely a line that you're coming in with because everyone's at no. So resounding why? silence. <laughs> yeah, they're all looking at you like, are you crazy? So what, why don't people like it? Um, I think there's a couple of different things about it. I think, especially for entrepreneurs, I think it's a particular challenge because quite often the reason that entrepreneurs have set up a business is because they're brilliant at something. Yeah. You're brilliant at marketing. You know, some people are brilliant at at building websites. They're brilliant at doing copywriting. They're brilliant at something. And sooner or later, there's been a light bulb that's gone. Wouldn't it be amazing if I could just do that for the rest of my life? Yeah. And we all go, yeah, that would be amazing. Let's set up a business. And then we set up that business and realize there's all this other stuff we've got to do. Yeah. And I think some of that is a bit self-explanatory. You know, you have to do accounts, you have to do admin. But I think what things that people don't consider is they suddenly go, how am I going to get people to buy my stuff? Yeah. And it's that moment. And I think quite often then people fall into this thing of they do loads of marketing. Because yeah. marketing's, you know, it's a little bit more removed. You know, you can send emails or you can put things on the internet. It's Absolutely. not and, and it can be very passive. You know, it's yeah. it's like... You, you'd not really depends what kind of marketing you do but you, if you don't want to you don't really have to put your neck out on the line do you you just kind of go no I just send this and if nothing happens nothing happens that's fine yeah it's a bit like that and you're just sitting there waiting for the phone to ring and sooner or later I think that most people have a moment where they're like like I've got to do more than this I'm gonna have to start to sell and a lot of people have never had any experience of selling. I mean, you know, did you ever get taught how to sell? You know, at school, whatever, of course you don't. Yeah, of course you don't. <laughs> you know, so I think it's that whole thing that our only experience of sales is being sold to. And although we love to buy, we generally remember the really poor sales experiences. And that's where I think quite often people talk to me about, like, at the moment, people are talking a lot about PPI calls, you know, those yeah. um, insurance calls, you know. Yeah. If you had an accident recently, you know, they're trying to sell you on making a claim. It's the used car salesman. It's still yeah. glazing people. None of it is positive. And I think especially in the UK, we've got very few positive examples of, of, mm. of people selling. So I think we've got that built in. And I think we have it as a challenge. And I think that our instinctive emotional response is it's scary to put ourselves out there. And yeah. also, yuck. <laughs> yes. Yes. And we literally have just been talking about this. We had a very honest and frank conversation before we got on the call about selling and about how sometimes I look at some of the sales tactics that are out there and they're really, I'm not saying they're not effective because some of them are very effective, but some of them make me want to go and shower in bleach. 
and literally like make my skin crawl when I see it coming. And, and therefore, and I need to tell you, one of the reasons I was so excited about doing this episode is because of the fact that I went through an experience where I was on the receiving end of loads and loads and loads and loads of sales. So there were some big launches happening with people that I follow. And of course, when they go into launch mode, boy, do they go into launch mode. Like the emails are everywhere. There's ads are everywhere. There's stories, the DMs, the like, you're literally everywhere you look, you're being sold to, which I get. And that's perfect fun. And it's a great strategy for some people. But the problem was this all happened in a really short space of time with loads of people I know. And then I opened the car again to my academy and it was like the quietest car open ever because I had just been through this barrage of like, buy my stuff, buy my stuff, buy my stuff. And I just thought, I can't do it. I don't want to do it. And so I really quietly was like, hello, hello, everybody. (laughs) (laughs) If you want to buy my academy, you could, but you don't have to. Like literally couldn't have done it more wimpy if I tried because I felt so horrible about it. And I was like, there's got to be another way. There's got to be a way that I can, because when they, because people are like, they talked about the Academy and my husband is, is great. He's my biggest critic, but with, in a kind, lovely way. And, and so if he, when he's on it, he's honest about things. So I trust what he says. And he's like, the value you're giving. And I talk to my Academy members and they are like, this is amazing. You're amazing. And they're so kind. So I know the product's good. I know what I offer is good. I know that they are getting me for a tiny amount of the money that they would get me for if it was on a one-to-one basis. I know the courses are good. I know that I provide good, good, sensible content and I'm not selling something that's yucky and and also rubbish and absolutely, you know, making this rubbish out. So I know all that's good, but yet I still don't want to say come and buy my stuff and I just like I said I feel like there's got to be another way that I haven't got to just be all like bye 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 and yeah and I'll completely agree with that because I I truly believe that sales is about problem solving it's just about yeah. solving someone's problem it's about helping people and um I I mean I never wanted to be in sales just I don't know if I've said that before. <laughs> I never wanted to be in I, I started my life in tech support and I loved working in tech support and my customers adored me. I had the biggest Love clear it. up rate in the department. You couldn't get me off the phone, but my clear up rate was amazing. Brilliant. Success junkie loved it because at the end of every call, people would go, oh, you fixed my problem. You're amazing. And yeah. I'd be like, yes. And I went on to a secondment into the sales area of that business in the telesales and I hated it oh, I I like buy my stuff buy my stuff buy my stuff so it was only later in my career I people kept trying to get me into sales and I could never work out why of course now in retrospect it's because I'm a fantastic problem solver yeah. you've got a problem I'm great at finding out what that problem is I'm great at saying you know what there's a set of solutions here and some of that solution is what we can offer so why don't mm-hmm. we do that but actually offering a solution that someone had to pay for that was my initial challenge. And it was only when, oh, I don't know, my mid, mid-20s, obviously just a couple of years ago. Yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> you and me both. Oh, my God. <laughs> really good makeup, you know. Yeah. Um, I've got this on the screenshots. Yeah, <laughs> love it. 
but you know it was only like when I was like out in the field working with people that I actually got to the point where I realized like this is ridiculous they have a problem I have a solution and I'm not yeah. telling them about it because it's going to cost money would they like to give me that money for the answer to that problem and you know what the answer to that question was yes yes but in order for them to do that you have to tell them about it and I think that this is like it's another one of those little jumps it's about identifying that actually to me sales is about solutions it's about solving problems it's about helping and to be honest with you there'd be nothing worse than you know if it's that whole thing I think science people say you know if someone turned up to hospital with a broken arm the doctor would look at it and his head go yeah it's a broken arm but I better not tell you you know I yeah not tell yeah, yeah. You, you've got a broken arm and I better not tell you how to solve it either of course we'd want them to do it yeah. So I think some of it is about our mindset around sales. And I also think it's about getting personal because I do think that in this day and age with the internet and everything that's out there, um, I think it can feel like a really mass approach. Yeah. You know, you you get 5,000 emails, they all say pretty much the same thing. You Mm -hmm. see, you know, millions of adverts on Facebook, you see stuff on Twitter, you see stuff everywhere and it's just rammed down your throat sometimes. And people are going straight in for that, buy my stuff. And you're thinking like, I don't even know who you are. Yeah. Like how, why yeah. are you not advertising? I don't even know like who you are. I don't know why you're trying to talk to me. I know nothing about you. Why would I want to buy your stuff? And I think this is about the fact that sales is a process. And the beginning of that process, you don't know who the person that you're dealing with is. And at the end of that yeah. process, people agree to buy something and you agree to sell something. And I think so often people, especially online, are jumping right to the end of that. Yeah. And I understand, and I mean, you'll know, marketing can get you some of the way along that um, that process. But I think the real thing about sales is the way to move from one to the other in the fastest possible way, the most effective way, is to be personal, have a conversation, because then then you can understand the person in front of you and how to support them. And I think in some of what we're doing, we've lost that we've lost the art of having a conversation and of listening um which I think is a really big bit of sales yeah and I I completely agree because I think well what I'm a massive fan of is finding out who your avatar is finding out who that customer is and not just the oh they're male they're female they're this age they're that age it's like no seriously what keeps them awake at night what do they what do they wish happened what you know what's their goal if I could and one question I sometimes ask when I'm interviewing people so that I not for the podcast but for when I'm trying to find out what my customers need is if I could wave a magic wand over your business and tomorrow you could wake up and something was different what would it be and then you can start to get to like the crux of it. And then I always ask questions around, how do you feel about this? Because again, those feeling questions for me are like, oh man, light bulb moment when they're like, I'm totally overwhelmed. And the other interesting thing that I found about doing this exercise is you think to yourself, okay, so my product and services, uh, marketing academy where you can come in and I teach you how to market your business. And you might be sat there thinking, okay, so I need to communicate with people who want to know more about marketing, but that's not what's in their head. When I speak to my customers, what's in their head is, oh my God, my business is going to fail. I'm going to have to get a job. And that seems like a really far stretch from the thing you're offering, you know, and again, a copywriter or, you know, an accountant or whatever, you know, so an accountant actually in my head, if I was, cause I hate accounts, <laughs> I'm thinking, I don't want to get in trouble. What if I miss something? What if I don't pay for something? What if, you know, what if I mess up? They're going to, I'm going to get this big charge or I'm going to get this big 
I'm going to get in trouble or something. So that's my fear. It's not that, oh, I really want someone to make my receipts look nice and tidy because that actually doesn't interest me at all. I just, I'm really scared of that end result. And sometimes, like I said, the jump feels like, oh, hang on a minute, well, that seems crazy, but actually that's what's in someone's head. Yeah. That might be what they're sat there thinking. And like I said, so I went, uh, you did a webinar recently and I sat on it and watched it because uh, I was really interested in what you're selling and I'm interested in learning more, hence why I wanted on the podcast and things. So as I'm sat there looking at what you're doing and thinking about it, it's because I, it's not because I'm sat there going, do you know what? I'd really like to become like an award-winning salesperson. It's because <laughs> I'm sat there thinking, I've got this awesome academy. I love doing it. And that's all I want to do for the rest of my life. How can I get that to more people and how can I get more people in it? And I don't want to fail at this. So again, it's like the jump isn't, you know, oh, I just want to get better at closing or I just want to, often we catastrophize things in our head and we're like, "Ah," but we only know that (laughs) if we ask the question, don't we? Yeah. And I think, um, I think the other thing is as well, is that it's really interesting what you're saying about what people are actually interested in. So often we're so, this sounds terrible, we're so in love with our own product, our own service. Yeah, of course. And we're so wrapped up in that that we forget that actually what people are really interested in is what impact it's going to have on them, what change it's going to drive in their business, what's going to be different in their life because of what you've got to offer. And I think that this is where sometimes if you are having a very one-sided conversation, you won't see that, but you also won't make the sale because actually you're not really talking to what's important to them. you know, it sounds really awful. I sometimes use the example, you know, if you go into a cake shop with a master baker behind the counter, um, you're after something, you know, tasty that you can put in yeah. your mouth, really exciting for a low price point because, you you know, you want to save some money for your sandwich. Whereas what's important to maybe a guy behind the counter is that that particular true pastry bun is a really complex baking technique and it's taken years to perfect it and actually it's a special chocolate covering he's put on it and this and that and the other Mm. you know so what he's interested in talking about and what you're interested in talking about are quite often two different things yeah Um, I think it's about understanding that doesn't undermine how great your product or service is it's about recognizing that actually you really need to speak to what matters to that person in front of you and quite often they'll tell you they'll they'll tell you (laughs) you just got to ask and listen, you know. I was going to say as well, it was really interesting what you mentioned there about closing as well. I just need to get better at closing. I have more requests from from businesses and from salespeople, self-recognized salespeople than anyone else. We just need to be better at closing. We just yeah. need to be better at closing. No, you don't. I have yet to go and speak to any salesperson or any business that actually need to just get better at closing. The reason they can't close is because they haven't actually got the other person bought in in the first place. And that's not to do with closing. That's to do with having a conversation, listening to what the person is saying to you, and then making an offer that actually speaks to that. If you do that, you never need to close again in your life. The problem is, is that so often people are trying to sell, they're trying to close without having done that step in the middle. So, and, and like you said, they're not going to be successful at that if they haven't got through those other steps. No. So let's just talk about that for a minute. So in terms of steps, what steps do you see that people need to take if they're going to start that sales process? Okay, so um, I think, I mean, the first thing is a lot of businesses don't have this. And you can do it, or you can even do it on the back of a flag packet. It doesn't matter. It doesn't have to be really fancy. 
But I think it is quite important that you define where, like, sort of what steps someone would um, need to go through between yeah. first having hearing with you to actually giving you some money. But to me, a lot of that is the first thing is that you need to identify who the person in front of you is. So yeah. very simply, like, you know, what's the name, what's the business, what they do. Really yeah. early stage yeah. qualification, because actually that's just about getting to know that person. The second thing is about finding out what's important to them. And mm-hmm. I think that there's great questions that you can ask about this. People generally mock up at this stage because they ask terrible questions. Okay. <laughs> they ask terrible questions. The trick is to ask really interesting questions. So I like to ask people questions like, so who do you love working with? Yeah. Um, what excites you about your business? What do you want to do more of in your business? What does success look like in your business? So these are the kind yeah. of questions that I might, I might sort of like really focus. Whereas sometimes people might instead ask questions like, so what kind of customer do you work with? Yeah. Well, actually, that's fine. And you can find out what kind of customers they work with. But I'm interested in what customers does it excite you to work with? Mm-hmm. Because actually, if you want to grow your business and you want to get to where you want to be, they're the people you want to work with. Yeah. You might not even have any of those people yet. That's fine, but let me find out what excites you. And for me, I want to be asking all the questions that gets people like really, oh, my business is really exciting and I love working with you. Like you were just saying about your academy, like I love it. I love my people in it. I love what I'm doing. That excites you. Yeah. I suspect that's probably not where you're making most of your money. No, no, not at the moment. And I want it to be that case. I want yeah. that to be my main part of my business. But no, you're right. That's not where I make most of my money. However, I honestly, like the first time I did a coach call, because I remember interviewing Callie and Mike, the membership guys, and they said, lots of people like the idea of memberships because they think it's a quick win and it's flipping not. It's like definitely a long road. And they said, the other thing is, if you can't get up every day and talk about what you do for the rest of your life, then this isn't going to work. And I was like, yeah, I'm fairly confident I can do that. I love what I do. I love talking about it. And I did my first coaching call. And I have to admit that it was a late one. It was late in the evening because I wanted, because I've got um, quite a lot of people in the States that are on the academy. So I wanted to make sure they could make the first one quite late on in the evening and I'm I'd had a bit of a busy day and I was like oh god I just want to like put my feet up and have a glass of wine and and so then I panicked thinking oh do you know what what if I've got this wrong what if this isn't what I want to do and I got on that first coaching call and I wasn't entirely sure how it was going to go because I hadn't ever ran one myself I'd been on loads but so I was all a bit nervous I was a bit tired and I was a bit like oh god is this right I got off and I actually contacted Biz Paul because we talk to each other all the time. And I messaged him. We do uh, voice messages on Instagram. And I was like, oh my actual God, I could do that all day, every day and never get bored. I loved it. Like the energy that came off it, the like the feedback I got, it was just like, this is amazing. Like, please let me do more of this. But, but like you said, you know, where I'm making other money is not necessarily the stuff that I want to be doing going forward. So now it's like using that passion, I guess, and those emotions and those kind of like drive to go, okay, how can we sort of look at doing it more over here? Yeah. And I think that, you know, this is, I think, especially with entrepreneurs, whatever size business they're running, you know, they've got a passion and they're excited. 
And I think that this is where, for me, you want to tap into what excites them and, you know, what they, where they want to be. Because, I mean, I think that's what it's all about. And I think, you know, there's, there's loads of great questions you can ask. But I think at that point in time, once you've got a flavour for what's important to them, mm-hmm. you need to start to think, okay, so have I got an appropriate solution? Because you haven't always. And I no, think that's a good point. It's the other thing that we do. What happens is, I, I think so often people are like, oh, I can totally do something around that. I can do something yeah. to help. You know what, don't. I mean, really just don't. Why dilute yourself? Why make it up as you go along? It doesn't help you or your no. your, you know, your prospective client. And, and actually, one of the fast tracks to cementing relationships can be to recommend people don't work with you, which yeah. sounds a bit crazy. But, you know, there, there are times when I've said, you know what, I could absolutely do something here. You know what I think you need to do first, though? I would really recommend you do X, Y, Z. I've got a colleague who could totally help you with that. Let me put you in touch. Have a conversation. See where you go. And then let's us have a catch up and see what's appropriate on the back of that. And mm-hmm. actually, that in itself can be a real fast track on a relationship built because you're not the answer to everything. However much, no. you know, however great you are, no one's the answer to everything. And so you have got a solution. And that's brilliant when you have got the solution because you think, yeah. yes, yes. I can definitely excited. do something. Yeah. They've got a bit of challenge there. I can totally help them with the challenge. It's going to be amazing. And I think at that point, that's really where you need to match back why you're making that recommendation. So I like to use a little technique where what I do is I summarize. So I'll yeah. say, that's really interesting. So from everything you're saying, summarize it all back. It would be really helpful if you could do boom or if yeah. you could achieve boom or if you had boom you know whatever yeah. it might be and they're going to say well yeah it would because basically what you're saying here is your problem wouldn't it be great if you had a solution to yeah. that they say yes because of course it is amazing yeah a problem get a solution to it and then at that point in time then you can introduce what you can offer so then you can say well one of the things that I actually do is and introduce your solution. And the idea is with that, you'd say, you know, I do X, Y, Z. The great thing about that is it actually offers that solution to ABC yeah. by doing X, Y, Z. Yeah. So you've done your little introduction then. But by that point in time, the point is those points that you're matching on, they're very specific to the person you're talking to. Yeah. Um, and that's where that personal thing comes in again, isn't it? Because if it if you didn't know, you couldn't do that successfully. No. And, and I mean, you can guess. And I think, you know, if you look at the stuff online, that's what a lot of people are doing. A lot of people are going, do you have this problem? Problem, problem, mm-hmm. problem, problem. Then you're looking for this solution, which gives you dumb, 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 yeah. which is brilliant. But sometimes actually the problem that you identify is not a problem that person thought they had. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And they might not know you're the solution. So, you know, for instance, like, uh, let me think, let me think. So, Talking to someone about, uh, let's say they're a yoga teacher, the problem that they might have is they don't have any time for themselves or they don't know how to relax or they don't know how to meditate or whatever, but they might not be thinking they need any of those things. They just think, God, I'm so overwhelmed and so stressed. I don't do anything for myself. I feel like I need a break. They have no idea that you're possibly their solution. So it's no good addressing the, from a marketing or sales point of view going, hey, come to this yoga studio because I've had 20 years of yoga experience. I have the best yoga mats going and I'm, because they don't even know they need it yet. So addressing the problem of struggling to find time for yourself, relax, 
those kind of immediate issues. And like I said, that's exactly where you came to. Often the problem that you're solving or the thing that you want to talk about isn't necessarily the thing that's in their head. Yeah. And I mean, it's great. I mean, you will get people who self-identify that problem and maybe are already looking for that solution. Yeah. But that's a very small number of people. Quite often there's a much larger number of people out there. You know, one of the things I quite often say to people is, okay, so, you know, at the smaller end, do you know how you're going to pay your mortgage this month? Yeah. And that's like quite a big question with with smaller businesses because sometimes the answer to that is no. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, well, we need to sort that out. And we need to do that by sorting out your sales and your sales process and what you're going to do there. If you look at the bigger end of the end of the scale, you know, and you're looking at the corporates, quite often say that the problem that they will present with will be something like, well, we just want to close more. Or our conversion rate isn't high yeah. enough. So it'll be a metric or it'll be one tiny piece of the sales process. But when you actually go and look into it, which is something I, I don't, you know, at the higher level, I sometimes people ask me and say, can you go and deliver telesales training or can you go and do this or can you do that? I can absolutely do those things. However, for me personally, I always want to spend a little bit of time in the business first because yeah. I want to ensure that actually the problem they think they have is the problem they really have. And yeah. quite often that's not the case. And if you're trying to solve a problem that isn't actually a problem, guess what your solution isn't going to work. So yeah. I think this is about, you know, it's about almost demonstrating your expertise by having those conversations or those interactions that allow you, the expert, mm-hmm. to actually diagnose that problem in order to present the correct solution. And I think the the other thing around that is that is also about not only securing a customer, it's about securing a customer for life because yeah. that is the kind of relationship when you've actually solved an actual problem that you've taken the time to investigate and understand that's when those people come to you in the future when they know mm-hmm. there's something wrong but they don't quite know what they know yeah. you're the person to go to for that and I think at that point in time it, it becomes so much easier for you because you've demonstrated your expertise and I think it's it's very crowded out there I mean let's be honest yeah. you know it's a, we always say it, it's global global baby yeah 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 <laughs> You can work anywhere now. So you've got every single person that's got a lot of competition. Um, and if you want to do something different, then to me, I think you need to be really understanding who your prospect is, yeah. really understanding their problems, and actually almost in some ways running a proper diagnosis yourself, whatever that might look like. Because yeah. as the expert, you might see something that they haven't seen because it's not their speciality. And then you can recommend an amazing solution. And to be honest with you, when you can do that, quite often, like a lot of your objections that people talk about just disappear. Yeah. Yeah, I love that. And then, so I want to just jump on something quickly because I'm conscious of our time and I'm sat here thinking, I'm going to have to get you back on because there's some loads of questions in my head that I need answering. Um, (laughs) Or I want to ask you about like, you know, should you do it on the phone? How would you do a proposal? How much time should you spend on these things? Loads. So we're definitely, definitely going to have you back on if you are happy to come back on. Um, (laughs) But one thing I do want to address, which I have heard in the past, is you're too expensive. So, oh, right. Yeah. So what if, and there's lots of people out there because like you said, we've just spent, well, you know, 15 years for me, that bag of my experiences and yours is massive. And yeah. it took a while to get the confidence to, to bring my money up to where I am today. But, and actually I, I get less of that objection now, which is really weird than I did on a lower amount, say maybe two, three years ago. 
But so let's say you have identified them, you've gone through your steps, you know who they are, you know what the problems, you know damn well you're a perfect solution for them and you can help them fix their problems and you present it and go, look, you've got these problems, here is what I can do. They're like, yeah, 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 yeah. And then you go, here's the price. And they go, oh no, too expensive. What, what's your thoughts process on that? Uh, okay, so the first thing is we hear that and we go, little old me and we run away okay yeah. so or we go oh okay it's, I'll just half it I'll half it <laughs> what <laughs> yeah, was I thinking am I we're crazy so we're not going to do yeah. either of those two things okay so it, uh, to be the first thing is it's brilliant if you hear that all right so the first okay. thing is like high five if you're hearing that every now and then you're doing a good job and the reason for that is is that if you don't occasionally get pushback on your price you're not charging enough. So if yeah. you are someone listening to this right now and you think, well, I never hear that, right? Your pricing is out the window. Because you're too so cheap. It's <laughs> like double it or treble it or whatever because you want to be hearing this. Um, so the first thing is, is that we need to not run away and we need to ask another question. So I've got a little formula I use for this. So the first part of that is that you are going to ask. And that means you're going to ask a question. So when they say to okay. you, uh, you know, we like what you're offering. It's just too expensive. We need to not run away and we need to ask a question to explore some more because that could mean lots of different things. So we just need mm-hmm. to find out a little bit more information. So you could ask a question that says, oh, OK, I'm quite, I'm quite surprised about that. Can I ask what is it you're comparing it to? That's a good idea. That's a really interesting one. Because they might say, well, actually, we're kind of managing with the solution we've got already. So, you know, it's a lot to spend. All right. So straight away, what that now means is, if not a price, what you haven't done is you haven't sold in the level of change that you're going to offer for that price. You haven't sold in the result enough. You haven't built enough value. And they're comparing you to the status quo. So that's a completely different objection now. They might say, well, we're comparing it to the customer service training we had last week, which was only insert X amount of money here. Yeah. And in which case you you go, brilliant. So you're now basically being compared to another offering. Yeah. This is your opportunity to then embrace that and say, oh, that makes sense now. Right. Let me explain what's different between what you've possibly experienced and what I deliver. Yeah. So, for example, for me in that in that area, I talk very much about what I'm actually offering as an experiential training um, set up, which is going to change the way your people behave in a sales environment, which is going to result in a measurable return. Yeah. Is that something you're still looking for? And yeah. then they're going to have to go, yeah, of course it is. That's why we're talking to you. Thank yeah, yeah. you, so you're just giving me the money. <laughs> but yeah. the point is, we make a comparison. And sometimes people are comparing us to stuff. And you go, well, of course you think I'm expensive if you're comparing me to that cup of coffee you bought last week, you know? So yeah. that's a great way of doing it. Or you can even just sort of say, oh, okay, um, do you want to tell me a little bit about your budget then? Okay. And what that's I'm good. doing then is I'm getting them to open up and share more. The thing to remember is there will be some people who can't afford you. Yeah. And to be honest, that's absolutely, as I say, high five. That's yeah, yeah. okay. In that situation, it might be that you think this is a genuine thing. Therefore, either I need to work with them to get this implemented for next year's budget. So we, yeah. we get it all budgeted in for next year if it's a big piece of work. 
Or it might be that you can offer a cut down solution. And just to be really clear, what we don't do is we don't offer the same service for a different price. No. But you might be able to offer them a flavor of it. And the great thing is once people get a taste, you're in the door, guess what they yeah. want next? They want the full thing. So yeah. that can be a great way of doing it as well. I love so, that. Just ask the question. If you don't ask the question, then you can't move it anywhere and you can't handle it. And generally, we just run away instead. <laughs> yeah, and, and that's exactly what any experience I've had in the past. But even just asking that question, saying, great, what, what, what are you comparing that to, is brilliant. And I have had that once before when, when I started the agency and someone came in and were like, you're really expensive. And I was like, okay, great. Could you break down what they've offered? And when they told me what they had offered, it's like, well, these are two different services. You know, the thing you're asking or the thing we offer is this for this price. If that's too much, then that's no worries. That other person will work fine for you. However, we see this as the best way of it working and therefore we have to charge more for this. So I really, really love that. Victoria, honestly, it's been such a pleasure having you on. And like I said, I've got a million other questions in my head. Uh, So we will definitely, definitely have to do like a part two of selling because I just think this is something that I know lots of my audience will struggle with and definitely speaking to people in the academy, there are parts where they're struggling to, to get that kind of convincing, not only kind of the, the clothes as you might imagine, but the fact of they're not perhaps selling the need or the, the solution as well as they could be. So thank you so, so much, Victoria. I've loved having you on. I really appreciate you giving me your time. I think I really enjoyed it. And it's, it's been lovely seeing you. So I'll make sure I have my um, full outfit on for next time we talk as well. <laughs> well, you've set a precedent now. You're going to have to make sure that we've always got some kind of crazy outfit going on. I love it. Thank you, Victoria. <laughs> Thanks so much. So what did you think? Are you totally confident now to go and sell your product and service? All right, I might be pushing it. Totally confident and ready to go out there and sell yourself might be maybe a step too far. However, I am really hopeful that we have given you some really good tips and tools and strategies for you to go out and feel more confident about selling what you have to sell. Also, I love the fact that she talked about, you know, everybody wants to close and actually it's not the close that's the problem. It's the process beforehand. And I'm always a big fan of a process because the other interesting point is she talked about fear and that we don't do things because we're scared. But often when I put a process to something, the fear goes out the window and I don't even think about it because I'm just following the process. So I think I've talked to you before about I am aiming to get on lots of podcasts this year to go on other people's podcasts because in turn it helps me and my podcast and my obviously my exposure and my brand awareness and that sort of thing. And I used to not want to ask because I was terrified of people saying no. And then when I set myself a process of I must ask five different podcasts every month it was just a tick box exercise. And it almost took the emotion of, oh gosh, I've got to go and ask this thing. So I do love that she talked about process and she gave us some really good ideas in terms of questions that we can ask and that sort of thing. So hopefully that's given you some good insight. Do please come and let me and Victoria know. You can find us over on Instagram. I'm on there most often and I would love to see you over there. Anyway, I'm going to leave you to it. Next week is episode 99, nearly 100. And I'm so excited about episode 100 because I've got something special coming your way. 
and it's going to be very different and I'm really hoping it's going to be good fun. I haven't actually recorded that episode yet, so it's going to be really close as in from when it's recorded to when it goes live, but I am super, super excited. Anyway, I hope your new year has got off to a brilliant start and I will see you next week. Thank you so much for listening to the Marketing That Converts podcast. And if you enjoyed this episode, then please do go check out TeresaHeathWaring.com where you'll find more amazing content to help you grow your business. 